0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW report Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah.
1: Lock, radio.
2: Aloha and welcome to your Metaphysical Minute with Hawaii psychic Geraldine St. Joseph. Our guest today is acupuncturist and multi-talent Deborah Harrison. And the first thing I have to say to Deborah is happy birthday. Your birthday was on Friday, right? Yes, it was. Thank you. I hope it was joyous. I had a really nice day, a really nice day. That's good. So today we're going to talk about acupuncture and probably get into a little bit of um, herbal medicine. Is that what you would call it, herbal medicine or herbal? Yeah, herbal medicine. And we're going to discuss these things um, at length. If anyone has any questions, feel free to call in. Uh, you can also um, go to chat. I'm at uh, spiritualparents@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I'm not quite sure how to use it, so if I don't answer, it's not because I don't like you. It's just because the little pop-up box didn't happen. So, um, Deborah, I guess my first question is, how long have you been an acupuncturist, and what kind of brought you to that?
1: Oh. I've been licensed since 1993 I started school in 1989 and that's when I I started working a little bit with animals that got in some good practice and uh, I was acupuncturing a lot of friends before then got me going um, as a student practitioner got my license in 93 And I originally got into it because I was working with some electronic equipment on horses that was acupuncture-based in theory. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure, I didn't know much about it, I was learning about it, I was working with it, and then I woke up one morning and decided I had to become an acupuncturist. And so I went through the phone book. I had no clue. I didn't know if it was a certificate, a license. I knew nothing about it. Went through the phone book, found a couple of schools, found out it was, a at that time, a three-year program and a state license, and I just went and did it. And it's based, my license is, is for humans. And at that time in 93, um, it was only acupuncturists, licensed acupuncturists doing acupuncture now we have some veterinarians doing some acupuncture for animals oh that's interesting so what types of animals get acupuncture like is it only <laughs> I've heard of fish getting acupuncture but I don't know much about it um, I think there was some Japanese person that was acupuncture and koi but basically in the United States we do uh, horses dogs and cats some mammals
2: cats how do you do cats I mean cats carefully play. yeah <laughs>
1: Don't they acupuncture you back? Um, You do laser acupuncture on cats. Mm -hmm. If they're really sick, you can put needles in them because they're so sick they don't move. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did acupuncture a couple of cats that were very sick with kidney failure. Mm -hmm. And they don't do anything. They just lay there. But uh, laser acupuncture works well with cats. Herbs Mm -hmm. works well with cats. And... um, Uh, herbs laser and diet so what is laser acupuncture first heard this it's a little laser beam that you Mm -hmm. put on the acupuncture points instead of using the needle oh wow so you do each one individually or yeah yeah you do each one individually and um, the laser stuff started in Europe the Europeans are great for doing that the Germans you know with all their machinery so would you recommend like if you had a child who. I have done laser on children. Um, children, but you don't even have to get that. Children are really receptive. Uh, you can just touch them and do a few herbs and they just respond. Babies are real easy. Uh, it's as we get older and we accumulate more things in our energy field that we become. and we bec- Our minds become more set and then we become a little bit more difficult to treat.
2: So be our own resistance
1: yeah. that creates the problems. Yeah.
2: So, <coughs> excuse me, what, if I were to look for an acupuncturist, mm-hmm. which, of course, I wouldn't because I only go to you. <laughs> Although I let Amy Evans work on me sometimes, and she's in training. So, um, but if I were to look for an acupuncturist, are there different styles of acupuncture? Like, what kind of
1: questions would you ask? How do you know? People have asked me that before. and was, You know, acupuncture is a real personal thing. Uh, what you want to check is if they have a license. Okay? Mm-hmm. That means that they've paid a lot of money to get educated and they've spent years learning this. So they obviously know something. Uh, after that, you're, there are different styles of acupuncture. You have auricular acupuncture which is Chinese and European-based, you have Korean hand acupuncture, you have Japanese style, you have Chinese style. All are a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Uh, I usually do not do Chinese style. I'm usually doing the other three, Uh, and that's just my preference you have different types of needles you Chinese make needles Japanese make needles the Japanese make the needles so that they slide in very easy the Chinese tend to make them not as sharp so they go in a little more difficult uh, they believe in a little more stimulation mm-hmm. a little more pain a little more feel The the Japanese more acupuncture areas and feel that you don't have to have that pain to get mm-hmm what you need so that becomes a personal thing because some people need pain to feel and to move on and other people don't i I definitely don't need the pain thing yeah (laughs) not necessary um
2: at this point i'd like to talk about the first time that you worked on me um i was in an accident when i was 19 years old a drunk driver nearly killed me and did major damage that i suffered for a really long time. And when I finally went to Deborah, um, Christopher Elo, who was on last week, was the one who almost, like, had to pick me up and take me because I was so resistant. But when I finally went to Deborah and met her, I was like, oh, she's, she seems pretty nice. And she had me laying on the table, and she spoke to me, like, you know, normal conversation, very intelligent, very caring. And I just saw her, like, brush against my skin, different areas. And finally I said to her, I was like, um, when are we going to start? When are you going to put the needles in? And she was like, the needle's already in. I was like, what? <laughs> I did not feel one of them enter me, not one. And uh, there are times when a, an area is really sensitive and you will feel you'll get that jolt. But for the most part, it was just, it was the most incredible experience. And after I got done, I had such pain relief. Like I had never had and it. it had been... I was in the accident when I was 19, and I started seeing you, what, about six years ago, five or six years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. So we're talking 15, 18 years, I had chronic pain, horrible, horrible pain, especially in my jaw and my neck. And I just found after my acupuncture appointments with Deborah, I would have all this energy that was just locked up in my body that I couldn't access because I was constantly battling pain. And after I started doing acupuncture, that really, really abated quite a bit. And I'd have to say where my normal life, I was so used to being in pain, I didn't even realize it. And I probably was at a 7 or an 8 chronically. Uh, Whereas now, if I hit a 7 or an 8, it's because I did something stupid, you know. (laughs) Or, you know, I injured myself in some way, which is usually from doing something stupid. Uh, but I know I can go to Deborah, and it's taken care of. And I really am grateful that uh, Christopher drugged me, kicking <laughs> and screaming, um, to see you because he's right—you are exceptional. And I have gone to other acupuncturists, and you really do need to find someone who you resonate with energetically. Because I'm different; I'm wired differently. So somebody who's too logical screws me up instead of helping. So you really do have to be comfortable with the person and um, really resonate with them. Uh, So I found that, you know, Deborah is the go-to person for me. Um, Amy Evans is is now taking acupuncture, and and she's a massage therapist, and I'll work with her also because she's very highly intuitive. But being intuitive, I need somebody else who's very highly intuitive (laughs) also. So I thank you for that.
1: Well, I would like to say that if anybody out there has tried acupuncture and you didn't like it or you didn't think it worked, try someone else. You may not have resonated with that person. And because the styles are very different and the people, we like develop our own energy and our own style when we do this and our own way of diagnosis and everything. It's almost an art form in some cases. And there's a science behind it, but there's also an art form to it. And so because it didn't work that, that time with that person doesn't mean it won't work with someone else. And I always recommend that you do more than one treatment. Go in for a series. And if your series didn't say you go to this person for the first time and you're supposed to go back, but you really hated it, then follow up with someone else. To continue the buildup of the immune system within a week or so so that it builds, because acupuncture builds and strengthens you. And, um, you know, these one shot deals that people go in and just try it, it's sort of a waste, because you don't, you have a handful of people that get fixed in one treatment. Mm-hmm. Usually it's about two or three.
2: Yeah, I, I went for, um, well, when I started seeing Deborah, she was on the Big Island. Now Deborah is on Oahu, and she serves all Oahu um, primarily out of Waipanella and uh, Hawaii Kai. Um, But I would see her once a month, and boy, that treatment would last a good three weeks to a month. It got to the point where I felt like it would just last for months at a time. And uh, I can honestly say at this point... I am so far past where I was. I never thought I would get past where I was because I had made great strides as it was with my um, pain management and recovery that I thought, hey, this is it. And then I met Deborah. I was like, whoa,
1: this is awesome.
2: (laughs) So speaking of that, different things that you can do with with acupuncture, like most people associate it with pain management. Um, What other issues can it treat and um, how do you do you use it with Western medicine do you use it as an aside from Western medicine do you you know how
1: does that work a lot of that depends on the patients I have they some of them come to me and they're already on different drugs they're already seeing a doctor And so then I have to figure out how to work with them in the space that they're in. And sometimes it's difficult. If they're on too many medications, it's difficult to work with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of side effects on the medications, and the medical community has a tendency to pile one medication on top of another. And it's not unusual to see a person over 60 on five different medications and those medications have never been tested to see how well they work together. And so what I find is that I get a lot of people like that that have trouble making decisions. They're not clear anymore. And it really, I don't feel it has anything to do with their mind and getting old. It has to do with all these medications that that they've been taking for the last few years that have just been increased and increased. but I have also other people who come to me and they don't want to take any drugs. They don't want to do anything with Western medicine. They want just natural medicine. They want acupuncture. They want to do things like rolfing and massage. And so then I have to formulate something that will work for them. And so to say, it, you can work with it. With There are a lot of people like physical therapy and acupuncture work really well together. If you're getting physical therapy, one of the best things you can do is combine it with acupuncture, and you will get well a whole lot faster. And I had always wanted to work with a physical therapist, but it's never quite worked out that I can find one to work with. But I, Because the two in pain management just are, like, perfect. Perfect fits, yeah. Yeah. Good. How about chiropractic? I used to work with a chiropractor, and it works well, Mm -hmm. but physical therapists do more. Mm -hmm. They do massage. They have the electronic stuff. They Mm -hmm. do exercises. They they send you home with a whole repertoire of stuff, Mm -hmm. and then you add acupuncture for that, for the pain management, because you get very sore when the physical therapist makes you do all this stuff. So the acupuncture helps kill some of the pain, and you can move on with your physical therapy, and then you kill some more pain, and you move faster and faster through your physical therapy. So if you're on a timeline for getting well, that's why the athletes really get into acupuncture. Because we can also take an athlete, um, like when I work on my horse, there's nothing wrong with her, but she's in top shape, but you take... An athletic animal or an athletic person and you start acupuncturing them you fine-tune them mm-hmm. and they get better they get more supple they get stronger they get better so on what level does acupuncture affect a person like is it more physical is it more energetic how would you describe the way it works it it's a total it works on the physical and it works on the emotional it works on um your aura we had i had a friend that uh used to do aura photography and we took a picture of my aura just sitting there and then i went and got a needle and put a needle on a point on the top of my head and then she took a picture of me and my aura was about twice its size same color but had expanded And and that was putting it in the crown that was putting it in the crown
2: Wow, that's really interesting. So you're saying um, emotional. So if someone is, say, suffering from depression. Yeah, oh, definitely.
1: We, um, acupuncture helps with depression. Generally, when I work with someone who is suffering from depression, we also do herbs. Now, if it's a serious depression where they're already on medication, then uh, I generally do not do the herbs until they're weaning off the medication. And I've found that a lot of the doctors are starting to try to wean people off these meds and not keep them on if they can, which is good because the medications uh, for depression, I call them mind drugs, Mm -hmm. because they make a little box for you to operate. It's like they make a little energetic box for you to operate in, and it's difficult to break through that little box.
2: So you don't have high highs or low lows. You just right. You're just in this
1: little box and you're moving along mm-hmm. and you, you don't really learn. You have to learn how to regulate your own.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you can through doing things like acupuncture. And, I mean, there's so much stuff out there that you can do. There's all kinds of new energetic things that are coming out. And I don't even know the names of them. I've got friends that are starting to learn this newer, updated stuff. And I want to get out there and see what it's like, because the energy of the planet is changing, the way we heal is changing, things that didn't work 20 years ago are working really well. People are more sensitive. Oh, I find that very much so, much more sensitive.
2: How about, you know, people often lump depression and anxiety together, even though they're two completely different issues. How about for anxiety? Would it be effective for that often? Very,
1: very effective. Very effective. And, you know, a lot of these people that suffer from depression are very sensitive people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they haven't tuned into their own sensitivity. And um, if they started doing that, I think they would find that they're carrying the burdens of the world. And it's not, it's not necessarily them. It's just their perception of how they carry the burdens of the world. They don't need to carry them. Exactly, so they're taking on they're taking stuff from on everybody around them. from everybody around them and and I can say that from my own experience of you know, not clearing myself and picking up on stuff that I know isn't mine and one is this anxiety of not being able to breathe. Oh. And you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't breathe. That's not mine. But I picked it up from somebody else <laughs> and I had to clear it off. And I'm like, oh, this makes total sense, this energy that we create with our thinking, mm-hmm. and it latches on to people. And mm-hmm. You go to the shopping center or the movie or wherever, and it's really good to clear it off. And if you don't know how to clear, then put it out there that you want to learn, and you will come across someone who will teach you how, at least begin to learn how. Um, it may take you a little practice
0: mm-hmm. and a
1: little focus but you can learn. It's not impossible. No, not by any stretch of the imagination.
2: So um, with saying that and having a 12-year-old myself, I know that when the hormones start raging, it's really difficult for the kids to regulate what they're picking up and get rid of things. Would you recommend as part of, um, I guess, a wellness package for Say teens and preteens that they do something like this to help regulate themselves.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And and they're so receptive. You don't have to do a lot of it. You mm-hmm. just have, and they tune right into it. Most young people will tune right into this acupuncture. They'll turn into tune into the new age things that are mm-hmm. coming up. And I think it's because they vibrate with it more than, than we do.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're closer to the source. Yeah, as they say. Oh, I had a question in my head, like, and it flew right out. I watched it go out the window. guess it wasn't important. Uh, no. Well, with dealing with children um, and dealing with those things, what are the questions that you are asked most, even with with adults? Like, what do people generally ask you for when they come to you? Like, what are their their fears, I guess? What what are their obstacles that that they need to overcome in order to to have effective acupuncture? (laughs) I know the first one is the pain one. (laughs) Um, I don't like needles.
1: Well, I I thought that Chinese medicine was a very interesting theory to heal the body. And myself did not think about the needles. Mm -hmm. I... (laughs) because I was working with electronic equipment on horses and kind of forgot that there were needles involved in this. <laughs> but this theory I thought was incredible, and I thought, my goodness, we can heal the world with this. And then when I got into acupuncture school, I kind of hit the ground and went, oh, needles. <laughs> you have to, to needles. And Americans hate needles. And I myself hate needles. <laughs> and I'm terrified of needles. And guess what? I have to poke myself with them. <laughs>
2: Oh, that's going
1: kind to of be interesting. <laughs> and my hands were shaking and I had to figure out how to poke myself because I sure as heck wasn't gonna let anybody else do it mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was too scared. Uh, eventually, I, what did I do? I went for hypnosis, I think. Oh, wow. Before my, uh, during my first semester of acupuncture school so that I wouldn't appear like I was that terrified. <laughs> and um, that's an interesting solution. <laughs> in the i guess that's how i ended up being the acupuncturist that uh, i totally understand people's fear of needles but what can i say you you somebody's going to have to drag you keep kicking and screaming to get there and you're going to go oh that's all it is mm-hmm. it's one skinny little needle i have people and and what made me laugh was there is a person who had a bad accident you could not get her to come see me and I know her well she was not gone she had a high pain tolerance she was going to suffer with the accident. there was no way you were going to get her to go get acupuncture and she thought everybody else that she knew that got acupuncture was off their rocker <laughs> finally the pain got so bad she found out that she could get it free through no fault because no fault you have 30 treatments Split up between you between the acupuncturist and the chiropractor. So and that's in the state of Hawaii. So she decided she would come to me and I I knew it wasn't going to bother her because she has an incredibly high pain tolerance and it was wonderful and she thought it was great. She's still afraid of needles. She just doesn't watch me do it. <laughs> now I tell tricky, she, don't look don't look and she tells everybody it's wonderful and now I think she thinks people are crazy if they don't go get acupuncture because she has we've gotten rid of pain that she's spent years and years and years with hmm so that's the biggest obstacle is the needle and they play it up when I've seen that you know they play it up with you know four inch five inch needles on TV yeah. <laughs> Some of the needles I use are less than a quarter of an inch long. Well,
2: and there's different thicknesses. No, no are
1: like, so thin that every needle, no matter what thickness, is, I can take my finger and just flip it back and forth like a piece of rubber. Mm-hmm. So it takes a technique to insert those because they aren't like a, hypo- a hypodermic needle doesn't bend. You can just pop that through the skin. But you cannot pop an acupuncture needle through the skin because it bends. Is that all acupuncture needles? or All of them. Okay. Okay. All, well you were saying I the Chinese the... are a little bit. Yeah, they're a little, um, they're duller. Mm-hmm. But they're still, they still have to go through the skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they still have the same thicknesses. The Chinese okay. and the Japanese all have the same thicknesses. It's the sharpness of the tip that makes the difference. So there's. So, for instance, like
2: if I'm more sensitive, you would give me a thinner needle.
1: I give okay. you a thinner Japanese needle. Okay. And and just so that you know, those Japanese needles with the colored ends. And I would suggest when you go look and see what color end they're putting on you, because if you want to go to somebody else, you can tell them what color needle they use, mm-hmm. and that will tell you that'll tell that acupuncturist without having to figure out how sensitive you are. Mm-hmm. The, the, it, it's just helpful but those colors are different thicknesses and the Japanese and some people get very upset with this some of the what do you purists mm-hmm. uh, the end of that needle has a little bit of silicone on it well it's an itty-bitty teeny tiny hundreds of a something or other on the tip of that needle of silicone that makes it slide in like butter it's mm-hmm. it feels like it's like going through soft butter and um, there are people who don't want you using those needles because they have silicone. In them. Okay, I'm not one either. of them. I no, care. I'm not either because you can get that, you can detox that stuff out of your system, and it's such a small amount. If it were a large amount, I mean, it's not like you've gone to a plastic surgeon and he put silicone implants in your cheeks or something. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that'd be that'd be.
2: But speaking of going to a plastic surgeon, I look at you and your skin is vibrant. You look so beautiful. And you have the most vibrant eyes. And I remember you telling me something about an acupuncturist,
1: a face, face or something. Yeah, what is that? You can relieve stress off the face. You can lessen the wrinkles. Uh, and there are also herbs you can take for the skin, which I do a lot of because... Um, my skin is really badly sun-damaged, so uh, I've tried to take care of it. But you, there is facelift acupuncture. It is different than having surgery done, but it's a nice thing that you can do for quite a while. And, um, you know, you may still end up going and having an eye lift or an eyebrow tuck or whatever you want to call them, um, and that's fine, but it's, uh, it teaches you an awareness of the energy in your face. Oh, wow.
2: So if you were going to go in for an appointment like that, if, if you were going to call somebody, mm-hmm. would you call and say, is that what it's called, an acupuncture facelift? Yeah, you want an
1: acupuncture facelift, and it's done in a series. Okay. You do it two or three times a week, and you do it for several weeks. And how long is each session, like an hour? Or? And I, Yeah, it takes about an hour. And I have an esthetician that I work with for people that want to do acupuncture facelift. And she does the skin part of it, and I do the acupuncture part of it. Wow. Wow. So
2: that's pretty awesome. Uh, so now yeah, you're probably going to ask me, but if you could do a facelift, mm. can you do other lifts, like the butt or the arm? You know, you've got the big flappy wings going, or
1: uh, does <laughs> it help anything else that way? You know, I, I don't know. I haven't tried to do anything like that, so I really don't know and they say there's nothing you can do about these kimono arms. <laughs> and so many women have them and I've accepted it. <laughs> it's a human body. It's 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 the way we lose our elasticity in no matter even if you have muscle there, you lose the elasticity oh, yeah. of your skin, you lose the elasticity of your muscle. It's not what it was when you were 20 years old. Oh, mine was always like that. And from when I was a kid, I always had the
2: wings. My mom used to call it our wings She'd, flap your wings, <laughs> you
1: know, and that's the genetic part of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I have it, my mom's got it. I don't see... You've got to have really bony, thin arms to not have that. Yeah. And the, oh, somebody over there puts your bony, thin arm. <laughs> I said I don't have it.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, that's a very annoying child.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so you could use acupuncture for pain management. You could use it for emotional issues. Yeah. You can use it for beauty. Um, so... Energetics. Do you also do, I mean, I know that acupuncture shifts energy through the, the meridians and all that good stuff. On a basic level, that's dealing with the nerve endings and the way electricity moves through your body or your electromagnetic um, body reacts to things. But do you also do, like, any kind of energy healing when you're doing this, or is it the needles themselves focus the energy in certain ways?
1: I pretty much let the needles focus the energy. I let Mm -hmm. the energy do the work Mm -hmm. because the energy has a lot more intelligence than I do. (laughs) (laughs) You're so humble. God bless you. (laughs) Energy, our consciousness, our energy is intelligent, and our thinking tends to get in the way. Mm -hmm. So if I prep for somebody before they come, it may be to try and figure out a treatment. But once I, and I may change that treatment when they come in, but when I start doing the work, the energy does the work. It moves it. It
2: it does it. I don't.
1: Yeah, let me ask you this. Um, I'm very
2: sensitive to energy, like to the point of being annoying. <laughs> so as soon as you put a needle in um, after our first couple of sessions, I could immediately feel where the energy was going and what we were breaking through and that kind of thing. When you're dealing with, um, we'll call them regular people or a normal person, how sensitive are most people to the energy flow in their bodies, would you say? Uh,
1: There are some people who feel uh, a little bit of throbbing around the needle. Mm -hmm. That's all they can feel. As I work with them in time they become a little more aware of things Mm -hmm. now and this is not even working they're not even people like you and people like me we actually work on feeling things right we spend time trying to feel things good or bad we need to learn to feel now uh, the average person that comes in doesn't do that they have a different lifestyle but through doing some regular acupuncture, their body wakes up a little bit, and they do feel a little bit more, even though they don't work at it. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice way to have an awakening without having to put too much effort into it. And then <laughs> all once, that. once you start the awakening, you're sunk. <laughs> okay? it, it's on its road, and it will take its course. And you can slow it down, but you cannot stop it. Okay.
2: So with that being said, most people that I see, I'd say probably the bulk of the population is working towards not feeling things or anesthetizing themselves with things as opposed to wanting to feel more. Yes. So when you're saying that it, it awakens you and it helps you to feel more, on what level is that? Is that more emotional? Is it you're more aware of your body? It what,
1: usually starts out on a physical, mm-hmm. you know, because they, they can't feel their food go down their throat. They can't follow things through their intestines. They, you you learn a little bit of internally what's going on. Mm-hmm. You learn to feel just even basic touching on your skin. People Mm -hmm. kind of tune it out. They're somewhere else. And we all have to learn to be present in our bodies here and now at the moment. Is there anything um,
2: it could do for vision or senses to enhance the senses, any of them?
1: uh yeah we do stuff with tinnitus mm-hmm. and you know when you get the vertigo and the ringing in the ears mm-hmm. there's herbs and um, acupuncture for that but I will tell you from experience when you have things like tinnitus that which is the ringing in the ear you've burnt out some energy mm-hmm. and you have got to change lifestyle as well as get the acupuncture and the herbs if you do that you can get well. You can build the energy back up. And then if you want to go back to the intense lifestyle, you can go back to a certain extent. But there is a point at which you have to slow down and let the energy regroup because you've spent it. Wow. So, okay, well, hearing you can. Okay. Vision? Does it help vision? or do you know? I how? haven't done anybody with vision. And okay. I need to start working on my vision. But there's so many things you can do. For vision, there's exercises, mm-hmm. there's herbs. Um, I know people that uh, don't see because of emotional stuff, and when they re- energetically release that, they go see somebody who does energy work, and they let that stuff go, and they're not wearing glasses anymore. That's awesome. So yeah, you keep mentioning herbs. What what are you talking about so far as Zer- herbs? I use prescribed herb formulas. They're blends of herbs specifically for certain things, specifically for your eyes, specifically for a weak kidney, specifically for a virus, specifically for your lymphatics. I don't, as a rule, use individual herbs because individual herbs can have some side effects that you may not want. For example, Chamomile, a very common relaxant, mm-hmm. also makes you urinate a lot. <laughs> so while you get relaxed before you go to bed, then you have to wake up and go to the bathroom. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, if you drink enough of it, it, it tends to make it clean you out a little bit.
2: That's pretty interesting.
0: Uh,
2: I used chamomile when I was uh, having my daughter. That's what uh, I had chamomile tea. Mm-hmm. That's what I drank through the whole. Uh, labor process, but that's really interesting. So blends are better because you can create it, a formula
1: that balances out. That balances things. out. So when you read things in in magazines about don't take this herb because it causes this. Well, if that herb is blended in a formula it's not going to cause that. It's going to tone that side effect way down. Okay. It's going to be blended so that you get, that's why these old Chinese formulas are kind of neat because they've spent thousands of years blending these formulas so that you get the positive effects of the herb and not the negative effect. Mm-hmm. And understand, too, that when a lot of the herbs are tested, they're doing massive amounts, more than you would probably normally take. Well,
2: yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, what they do with uh, with most things, and
1: but but with single herbs, I you know I wouldn't recommend taking them month after month after month. Take mm-hmm. a break if you're going to go do a single herb. Take a break because some of them are too strong, mm-hmm. and you know do them for two or three weeks and then get off of them and and do something else.
2: So do you recommend that? Um, because a lot of people try to self diagnose and whatnot. Do you recommend that they actually? Uh, speak to a practitioner who... Yes. And what, is there a degree or something? Like, what is the herb? Uh, acupuncturists
1: work with herbs. Naturopaths work with herbs. Sometimes nutritionists mm-hmm. work with herbs. Any of those people can help you. And it's not a bad thing. If you are seeing a doctor, the diagnosis can be helpful. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um there are some things that aren't helpful, but there are some things that are. And I don't at all mind when my patients have gone to the doctor and they come back and they say, well, my doctor said this and this and this. Well, then that gives me a basis to look at because that person is all focused on what this doctor has said, so mm-hmm. we kind of have to work on that. And then I add in the other things that I see and explain it to them, and it, it works out okay. So it's a combination. It's yeah, a combination. A di- yeah, diagnosis um, can be combined. So I I said at the top of the hour that it was your birthday
2: and that you were a multi-talent. So we've discovered so far in the last uh, 40 minutes that you are an acupuncturist, that you're an herbalist. Is that what it's called, an yeah. herbalist? And, um that you, you work with animals. Uh, I think you mentioned something about riding and having a horse.
1: Okay. So
2: you're you're a horse person. And um, what else do you do?
1: Uh, when I was in acupuncture school, um, it became very um, what is it right brained? Yeah. Okay. Well, no left is brain, left brain? Is when
2: left brain is when it's logical.
1: Okay. It was very logical. Very, very logical. We had to learn points. We had to learn meridians. We had to learn muscles. We had to learn structure. I spent three years in that. And about the time I was going to graduate, I kind of thought I was going to lose it because I had pretty much shut out everything else. Mm -hmm. I was focused on that. So there was a person on our acupuncture board who had signed up for an animal communication course here in Hawaii and she couldn't go. Oh. And she said, she came into the school and she said, Deborah, I know you do things with animals. Would you like to have my spots? And I said, sure. She said, this will be great. I get a break. So I went to this little one-day seminar here in Hawaii and it was sort of a because it was only one day, it was, it, what do you call it? It was like an introduction. Yeah. This is what it's like. This is what you can do, blah, blah, blah. So the year I graduated, I kept in touch with that communicator, and I went to California and spent two and a half days learning to do the animal communication. And that was in, I think, 1992 or 93, And I just did it as a spiritual thing for me Mm -hmm. more than i did it for anything else it was a very selfish purpose (laughs) and uh it sort of evolved into me doing animal communication for people so that's the other thing i do yes you do
2: and um deborah is exceptional uh, as an animal communication specialist or whatever you want to call it but I have my own experience where my bird flew away and she contacted him and he told us where he was and we got him back which is very very unusual for a bird to to find them you know once they fly away you're you're pretty much sunk
1: well what made it effective was that Gerlin called me immediately like within 5 minutes of him flying out the door which means that he didn't get very far away. So then with what Mickey told me, Geraldine could direct herself around the property, and he, I don't know where he went, somewhere in back of the He valley. actually was right, um, he was very close to the house. He was
2: facing the house, and he knew he was near the house, but like all these ugly cookie-cutter places where we were living mm-hmm. at the time, yeah. every single house looks exactly the same. I hate places like that. But he was up in a tree, and he gave us information, like, on where the cars stay still, not where they move. There are two red cars here. So we knew he was in a parking lot. We looked for the parking lot with two red cars. And here he was actually within 100 feet of the house. So we sent my daughter walking around. And Deborah was on the Big Island, and we were on Oahu. So we were talking over 150 miles distance. And she's talking to the bird, and... uh, we figured out which tree he was in because he spotted my daughter and he's like, My Delana's walking away from me. He got very upset. And so we had Delana turn around and that's how we knew which tree it was. And I went underneath the tree and I was like, Come on down. And he came. And it was amazing. Had
1: she called me the next day, like most people do, or many hours later, it becomes very difficult because now the little bird has flown, you don't know where, he's in trees, he describes trees, but here in Hawaii or a lot of places where you live, it's hard to get a, a specific point because, as Gerilyn was saying, there's a lot of cookie-cutter stuff, especially here in Hawaii, and we have a hard time, lo- I, you know, they're alive, a lot of times people have them, we can't get them back. Um, yeah. Well, and sometimes that. we get them back. Uh, because they've called me immediately, and we know they didn't get too far away. Um, So we only have 90 seconds left,
2: Uh and with our last 90 seconds, what I'd like to do is tell people how to get in touch with you and the types of services that you offer. We are on the island of Oahu in Hawaii. Animal communication can be done from any distance, is that correct? Anywhere. So if you want to get in touch with Deborah for animal communication, and we'll have a show specifically on animals, I think, at some point, and we'll talk about acupuncture and, uh, as well as animal communication. Deborah has, she's on two websites. She's on psychicinhawaii.com, uh, listed under Deborah Harrison, acupuncture and animal communication. And she also has her own website called myneedleshawaii.com, which I think is funny since she was afraid of needles. MyNeedlesHawaii.com. Uh, your phone number? 808 864
1: 2152. Say it again. 808 864 2152. And her phone
2: number is on both websites, as well as her email address you'll find on the website. And I think it's easier just to go to the website and, and look it up there than to say it online. And this is Geraldine St. Joseph. Signing off from your metaphysical minute, stop at psychicinhawaii.com. And my email address is Geraldine at voice of We'll see you next week. And I didn't give you any homework, but do some anyway. Bye-bye.